It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Do you know that happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network? It's NewOrleans.com. Brought to us today by our friends at Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town, you're lucky devil, or you have a school or work schedule that keeps you away from home, the folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets are fine going to a kennel or doggy daycare. I wonder if that includes cats. Do cats go to doggy daycare? They go to their own daycares, I think. They have catty daycare, kitty daycare. Do they? I actually, probably not. More boarding places, probably. But dogs, less, until, less dogs like daycare. going to doggy daycare. Cats probably hate it, I would imagine. Just send them straight to the cat house. Straight to the cat house. Good <laughs> answer, Jed. Uh, but other cats and dogs, you know, prefer the comfort of their own home. And that's where Petite Pet Care come in. They're insured, bonded, Red Cross, Pet, CPR, and First Aid certified. But most importantly, they love animals. For loving care, when you're not there, Petite Pet Care is. You can find it at PetitePetCare.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar in this case. We're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans. Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard is a cool little block down here in Central City that's changing rapidly. And one of the leaders of it is Casa Borrega. It's a bar, it's a restaurant, it's a live music venue you can hear mostly Latin jazz. Come down and check it out. Follow them on Facebook or Twitter, or both actually. And you can join us right now if you'd like to stick around for 60 minutes and be a part of Happy Hour. My guests sitting around the table are in this order. Robin Hofmeister, Brackets Rosemond. Okay, we're off to an awful start. We've only got three words into the show and already I'm lost. Why do you have two names and one of them is in parentheses? Um, I was... Hofmeister is my former husband's name and yes. my legal name and uh, Rosemond is my maiden name and so I usually go by Robin Rosemond but um, okay so why does it say Robin Hofmeister so we can cross out Hofmeister yes I would prefer that okay so we take the <laughs> take the parentheses away from Rosemond and just take the frau out okay. of it take the frau out of it keep <laughs> Hofmeister's mm-hmm. gone okay we'll talk about Mr. Hof Mr. Hofmeister in a little minute, but for right now, let's start again, okay? So yes. how do we get this, how do we get this information that has your name in parentheses? I really like don't know. You don't know how that happened? You had well, nothing to do with that? You didn't send that to Graham, our producer, like that? No, I don't think so. So she, she's at fault here, then. so she's going to have to be hauled over the coals. Are you putting, throwing her in front of a bus like that? Well, you know, I... Who, you Tell know, the truth. Well, I, will, I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, let's say my email might have that. I don't know. You don't know what your own email has. Uh, you know, I was just realizing that on Facebook today. I don't know a lot about myself. It's like really? so sad. I should just put like... <laughs> Block everything, you know, like everybody else does. You don't know a lot about yourself. This you know, is a good time to find Google out. Google can actually name. change your name. As That's well. right. Google can change. Yeah, your name. based off of the way other people call you and your email correspondences. Sometimes, for instance, my partner, I often call Puddin. Okay. Yeah. This so so now, sp- when okay. Puddin emails other people, <laughs> it says from Puddin. Even though that's not his or her name. Correct. What's the person's real name? Lucy. Lucy is yeah. your partner's real name. Uh-huh. But Google decided because you call her Puddin. That she should, that be, she should be called Puddin. Puddin okay, publicly. that is scary as hell. <laughs> there you have it. Holy crap. So Maybe that's why you're so Hofmeister. So her name could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my See, God. Google is deciding our futures. Is our Google fates. allowed to do that? I probably not. It's all in the terms of service. Yeah. That's right. And I didn't they read them. They can do whatever they want. That's true. If you read the terms of service, I guess maybe you would realize that it says we're allowed to change your name. Don't use, don't use Gmail if you value your privacy because <laughs> they're in bed with the NSA. Well, we know that though, right? So is everybody. So isn't Facebook and everyone else? Jed has the perfect voice for that kind of comment too. <laughs> it does. <laughs> hey, Chris, can you turn me up a little tiny bit there? Thanks. Okay. Right, I'm going to start this whole damn thing again, okay? 
Happy hours, a what does it say? It's part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's newonlands.com. My special guests around the table here today are Robin Rosemond. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, sir. Okay. Robin Rosemond is a musician and a writer. In 2011, Robin, can you believe I haven't even started the whole damn show yet? Robin moved to New Orleans from Alaska. Oh, my goodness. Did you really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. As well as being the proprietor of the Sweet Shop Gallery on Pauline Street, Robin refers to herself as a Fisher Poet. You know a little bit about yourself, apparently. You mm-hmm. know that you're a Fisher Poet. Robin travels regularly between New Orleans and Alaska. She appears at shows and festivals across the country at which she tells stories, performs her own poetry, and sings with her band, The Alley Maze. Mm-hmm. That's all correct, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that much about yourself. Mm-hmm. I didn't surprise you with anything. I've never heard of anyone actually say they travel between Alaska and New Orleans. Yes. One being a state and the other being a very small city. Yes, that's true. Why do you say Alaska? Why do you say not? Like, whatever it is. What part of Alaska are you from? Anchorage. Anchorage. Mm-hmm. I'm a stagehand. You know, I work in film and stage, and I am a member of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Oh. Yes, and... Is uh, it hard to get into that? Mm, yeah, kind of. It is? Yeah. How'd you get in? You know somebody? Yes, I started in Portland, Oregon, and worked my way up the food chain, and now, and then I m- went on tour to Alaska and fell in love with Alaska, and then stayed there, and worked my way up the food chain. What's the difference between? We'll get on to the. I'm sorry, I'll introduce you to the other two guests in a moment. Let's just do that. Briefly, let me ask you. Okay. Oh, let's get back to it. Like, what's the difference between Alaska and Anchorage? Alaska is huge, and Anchorage, mm-hmm. I guess, is a small city. How big is it? Mm, it's like Eugene, Oregon, like that, about that size. Oh, that doesn't help me. Does it help you guys? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> 50,000 it, people? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like New Orleans, actually. I mean, New Orleans isn't very big either. So why don't you say Louisiana when you talk about New Orleans? Why do you say you travel between New Orleans and Alaska? Why not Alaska and Louisiana? Well, I really haven't discovered very much about Louisiana no. other than New Orleans. No. I mean. That's a big s- state out there to discover. It sure is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you could make a comparison between uh, New Orleans and the, the rest of the state is sort of like New York City and the rest of New York. There's sort of a big difference. There's a giant difference. That's <laughs> sure. That's the voice of Jed Haas you're listening to. Jed Haas is an artist and a musician who had the foresight to get an apprenticeship in manufacturing many years ago. Today, Jed combines all his skills to create liquor, which he describes as art you can drink. Jed is the founder <laughs> of Italia V Distillery in Mid-City. Italia V makes Toulouse Red and Toulouse Green Absinthe. Riz Whiskey, Buck 25 Vodka, and Euphrosine Gin Number no. 9, which we're currently drinking. It's delicious. It's fantastic. It's some pretty hardcore shit, this Euphrosine Gin Number no. 9. It's 90 proof. That's why it's number 9. Oh, I should slow uh, down. Number, <laughs> <laughs> number 9 actually refers to the sequence of many different gin variations that we came up with along the way to find the correct one to release. Uh, there was much discussion and sensory evaluation uh, to determine which formula was acceptable and this one is in fact has been deemed acceptable by some of the leading craft spirit judges as you've seen gin number nine is a two times gold medal winning at the american craft distillers association recently All right. congratulations and at the american Dis- Dis- distillers institute uh, most recently were also won best of category Wow. I'll drink wow. to that. Congratulations. So that's pretty serious right that's not just kidding around there no that's going up against the best craft distillers in the country Wow, you must be pretty proud of yourself down there in <laughs> Mid-City, in Broad Street or wherever you are. Uh, we were very delighted with the results. Wow, I would say so. And does that mean you can get it distributed widely around the country now? Well, we'd like to. but uh, Yeah, but that must help, right? It's a dirty game, this liquor business. It it's is. A, a, brutal, a brutal business. Uh, fraught with peril. 
And what is the major uh, pitfalls? The we mob? Well, we have what's called the three-tier system, where you have your manufacturers, your distributors, and your retailers, all of which, of which must, in theory, remain separate. So we must sell to the distributor, then the distributor sells to the retailer, like Casa Borrega, if Casa Borrega served gin, uh, and then to <laughs> the drinker. Right. So it's a long chain of sales that have to be completed, and the distributor has no particular motivation to sell on our behalf. So we generally have to help them and sell each bottle three times. First to the distributor, then we help the distributor sell it to the retailer, then we help the retailer sell it to the end drinker. That sounds a lot like the music industry. Mm-hmm. It does. That's the voice of Kelsey May you're listening to. <laughs> Kelsey May is a New Orleans musician who is also a published essayist and poet. Well, look at like a heavyweight crowd around here. <laughs> Originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, Kelsey graduated with an MFA from the University of New Orleans and never left town. Kelsey is a staple of the rising singer-songwriter community here in New Orleans, and from time to time, she also leads a band on stage and in the recording studio. Kelsey May's latest record is her fourth. It's called Half Light, and the single Favor is doing the impossible. It's actually getting played on radio across the country. It is. That's awesome, Can isn't you it? I believe it. I, yes. It's <laughs> so you two are really having a good day. Right on. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter that all these stations have added it. Yeah, yeah, it's been How fantastic. exciting is that? How do you do that? Do you have like a... Oh, you pay people. You pay payola? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, do you do without payola? No, you don't pay the radio stations. You pay promoters who... Yes, who pay... So it's, you have to convince... Who then give cocaine to the program directors. Exactly. Well, that still is not That's happening. That's why I was saying. It's is that still happening? To, to your industry. What's that? People are giving cocaine to... The indie promo guys are giving cocaine to <laughs> you the know, I DJs? You know, I couldn't speak to that. You don't know. I've I thought never, that was all I've never gone. Never worked for an indie promoter. So. See, it's it's plausible deniability. You mm-hmm. pay the indie yeah. promoter, and then you don't know what they do. Right. They do their thing, and then magically your song is on the radio. It's amazing. And how it's much do you, do you have to pay them every time someone plays it, or no, no, no? You just pay them a fee, and they go and push I pay. It? Yes, I pay the promoter. A fee right. And they. And you're on your own. You don't have a record company or anything like that. It's just you. Correct. And Puddin. Well, me. What does Puddin do? Puddin puts a roof over my head. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for her. <laughs> I know. I know. But putting Ashley, she plays in the band as well. She's a banjo and mandolin player. Oh, okay. Like too, so. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, it's great. How long you two guys been together? Oh, man, we just celebrated five years. Five years. Now, that's another <laughs> landmark. Yes. This gin is totally <laughs> working. Everybody feels <laughs> great today. <laughs> Keeping it loose. How did you, uh, you meet you and Putin in the first place? In the band? Um, no. No. Actually, through my ex. <laughs> conveniently okay. enough. No, not, yeah. wasn't your ex was not somebody called Mr. Hoffmeister, was no, it? No, no. Um, that would have been a really great coincidence. No. Um, what happened to your ex? Uh, moved away, as they do. That's great. It's yeah. great when they move away. <laughs> it's worse when they stay in town because then you have to run into each other constantly. I know. Well, I think that's probably why, why they left. Okay. Where'd she oh. go? Is it he or she? It's a she, Austin, Austin, Texas. That's a good, uh, good option. Mm-hmm. Which I go to somewhat frequently. So. Does she come to your gigs and sit in the front? Mm, I don't think so. So if it wasn't for me, you'd be nobody? What do you mean? She doesn't sit in the front of your show and tell everyone if it wasn't for me, she'd be oh, nobody. You know, no, I think, well, do you I think, think she pretty much denies it? all um, 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 connection at this point. Really? Okay. That's a bit sad. It is. I, I feel it's pretty unfortunate. Hmm. Why does she feel like that? What, did you break her heart or something? <laughs> You could say that, I suppose. I don't know. It was a um, it was a mutual departure. Oh, really? Um, but then you What'd know you start dating someone that is a mutual friend, and then everything gets uh, very ugly. Oh yeah. Very very ugly. Well, it's too small. Everything. You know, everyone knows right. each other. Especially That's in New point. Orleans, it's a very yeah small town. Are you single, Jed, or what's your deal? 
Mostly, yes. Mostly single. <laughs> <laughs> You're a guy who owns a distillery. How could you be single? It's that's like a dream. It's it well, that's an Australian joke, I think. But just how it is. Really? Mm-hmm. But you must be a pretty attractive. Now you're a gold medal-winning gin distributor. I mean, manufacturer. I should start wearing my medals out more. Do you have? Do they give you medals like in the Olympics? Yeah. yeah on, we, a cha- on a like a ribbon? Exactly. Oh, how cool! So we've got uh, <laughs> we've got five of them now. So if I went out, uh, I'd be laden down with the with the uh, the medals. That's pretty cool. How the hell did you come up with when you come up with number nine? What happened mm-hmm. to one to eight? I mean, how do you do it? How do you make gin? Well, you start out by uh, researching the different ideas of gin. Google. And Google's definitely part of it. Uh, Didn't change your name to gin, though, did his- it? Historical research, uh, as well as sensory evaluation of other gins. Yeah, that but how do you make gin? Out there. How do you make it? What's in it? Well, you start out with the various different botanicals. Juniper, of course, is the prime ingredient in of gin. Of course. Did you know that, Robin? I did. You did. Juniper. Kelsey, did you know that? I did know that, yes. Chris, did you know that? No, thank God Chris didn't know that either. So, okay. So juniper berries and then uh, a number of other botanicals that are added sort of as trace flavors or to give it this special distinctive quality that you're looking for. Where do you get the junipers from in the first? Uh, they come from Europe. Uh, okay. So, so you ship take, them in. Yeah, so you take your juniper and your various other herbs and you steep them, infuse them in uh, high-proof spirit. Uh, typically it's diluted down, in this case, to around 60% alcohol, so about 125 proof. Uh, we do a hot infusion for about 24 hours. Uh, which I feel like I'm being hypnotized by his voice. Kind of do you? Too. He's yeah. got the perfect yeah, radio I'm voice. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where are we up to? And so we extract all the flavor <laughs> using the alcohol. I'm getting sleepy. <laughs> and then we dis- I can see my childhood and flashing. Then, <laughs> then we distill it. Well, it's not my childhood. That actually. basically involves boiling off the alcohol. Right. Uh, letting the alcohol steam go through the column of the still. And then it can get condensed in our shotgun condenser. Shotgun? Yes. What does that look like? A it, shotgun? It's, it looks like a shotgun, basically, except much larger. Okay. Where do you get all this equipment from? Uh, we build a lot of it ourselves. How do you know how to do that? My background in manufacturing is very That's helpful. That's it. That was in the introduction. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. See if you've been paying attention. I, was, I almost was paying attention. Yeah. What manufacturing did you learn? Uh, electronics manufacturing. Which has nothing to do with making a still, I wouldn't think. Uh, actually, it is. Uh, I built the control panel for our steel, which runs on electricity. Okay. Yes, uh, 11 kilowatts of power. Is that a lot? It is. It's, uh, you wouldn't want to touch it. Uh, okay. It, or get shocked by that much power. It would uh, be very painful. Okay. So you get the juniper berries and the other stuff that you've figured out a balance mm-hmm. of, and you put it in the... We infuse alcohol. it for 24 hours. That's all. Okay. And then you distill it. it. And then we and distill now, it. And now that burns off the alcohol, and that leaves you with what? Uh, you very, uh, a very high-proof spirit. You call it the white dog, if you will. Uh, it's, I uh, will. Will you call it the mm-hmm. white dog, you guys? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 150 proof, typically, uh, gin at that point. 150 proof. And wow. So Can you drink that? It's not advised. Then you dilute it down to our final proof, in this case, 90 proof. With uh, what? With just with water or what? Reverse osmosis water. You must uh, filter the water to get all the impurities out. And then it is bottled. How do you know how to do this? Honestly, Jed, how do you... Did you just make this up, or did you go and study with someone? All, all of the above. You, know, you study, you do it, you see if it, the results are good or not, you consult with other distillers, uh, you know, yeah. but mostly it's a lot of it's hands-on. But you're an artist and a musician, and you just decide to start making booze for whatever reason. Uh, it's a manufacturing thing, uh, which I've been wanting to get into for a while, and right. uh, much, more, much more enjoyable than certain other types of business. I would think making alcohol is <laughs> yeah. especially in New Orleans. I would think. 
So, okay, so now you have, you came up with this idea for the gin, you, you, you distill this and you taste it. Everyone sits around and you water it down or whatever, the, the reverse osmosis water. And who's sitting around the room tasting it now? Uh, my partner's in the distillery. I have uh, three working partners. Puddin. <laughs> Mr. Hoffmeister. <laughs> Puddin would love and to be Chris. a partner in the distillery, I'm sure. Okay. What am I partners is an attorney and a notorious gin aficionado. Ah. Another one trained as an architect, uh, uh, very skilled in that area. And the third, whose nickname is the gold standard, uh, was most recently involved in human drug trials. Human drug trials? Yes. Wow. And what was he or she testing? Uh, she was testing various types of drugs that they're going to feed to people or cues to Well, she is a person, t- right? Yes. So they fed them to her. She was like in a drug trial here at Tulane or something? Uh, no, she ran the drug trials uh, <laughs> at, a, at a company that tests the drugs. She wouldn't actually take the drugs in herself. She would try them out on other people and then note the results in her clipboard or database, as the case may be. <laughs> well, does that kind of person go to hell, do you think? Or well, what? if this person lives or that one dies, then it's always <laughs> questionable. Okay, so, so this person's a friend of yours now who's in this business with you. She's your partner in this business. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I wish she'd come today because that would be... I'd love to ask her that question. She... When you do these human drug trials, you guys might know something about this too. So somebody is given a real drug that cures cancer. Some these people have all got cancer, right? And some are given placebos. Yeah. So if you've got, I've got terminal cancer, say, in this case. Mm-hmm. And I go and I'm a part of this drug trial and I'm the person who's given the placebo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just basically fucking die. Yeah. Well, how do you live with yourself if you're that person? Now, doing gin testing. Well, we give everyone the real gin to taste. We yeah, don't but answer the question. <laughs> we you must have had a lot of drinks with her over the we don't last few little... How long have you been working together? Uh, about a year now. Okay, so you must have had a few drinks with her. Haven't you asked her that question? How do you live with yourself after giving people a placebo and condemning them to death? Telling them that you're going to save their life? Not yet, but uh, we can text her about that and uh, we'll <laughs> see what her answer is. Call her up and ask her what she thinks about that. Okay, so she's one of the testers. She's, are these financial partners of yours as well? Yes, I have three working partners. All right, so everyone's in the working in this place. Atelier V. Atelier V. A T E L I E R. It's like I tell you, I tell you, I tell ye. I tell ye. It's pronounced Atelier. I tell ye. Atelier V. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so everyone sits around and tastes it. Mm-hmm. The architect, mm-hmm. the manufacturer, and the ex-drug tester. And the attorney. And the attorney, who's an aficionado of gin. Yes. What uh, sort of law does the attorney practice? Uh, corporate law. Well, that's an interesting bunch of people you've got it gathered is. around there all drinking gin, right? Yeah, you've come by the distillery sometime. Even if you're not drinking, it's a carousing good time. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's sort of almost the beginning of a joke, isn't it? The attorney, the drug tester, and the, who's the thir- other one? Yeah, help yourself, Graham. Yeah, Graham, the uh, producer. I think the other one is this guy. No, there's another person as well. Oh. The architect. The architect. Oh, right. Walk into a distillery. Okay. All right, so, so you taste the first one. You say, oh, it tastes like shit. Number one is horrible. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move on to number two. So how long does it take before you got to number nine? How long did, was this process take? Well, several months. That's all? Mm-hmm. Do you do this full time, all day, you're making gin and so on? And absinthe? A lot of the time is spent selling the product. Selling? That, that's yeah, the real, that's the real difficult part, actually. Distilling is the easy part. You've got to hustle it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, so the other thing that's going on here today, by the way, is that all three of our guests all play the guitar, which I didn't know before we got here. So, um, except I know Kelsey plays the guitar because that's what you do for a living. So Trying. that's why we booked you as, a, as our music <laughs> guest. But, but what we didn't know is that Roland also plays the guitar and right. Jed is a guitar player. And sing, so you both guys are both, are both also singer-songwriters. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you write your own stuff as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to answer one-word answers in future. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> that was two words, actually, but I'll let you get away with it. Jay, do you write your own stuff as well? Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, wow. This is going to be great. Really oh, let's kick it off then. Let's do, who's going to go first? Kelsey, you should go I first because you're the actual. Yes. Yeah, the official okay. pro. Yeah. Fine. Well, I have to, I'm going to go retrieve my guitar. Well, can, Graham can hook so your guitar up for you. Oh, we're going to hook it up? Yeah, Graham will, Graham will pick it up and bring it oh, over. Oh, pick it up. She's only, she's okay. only had am one I, gin. Am I permitted to stand? You, yeah. Oh, well, that's going to be. I've got very little room right here. Uh, we can, can we do anything about that? I'm sure we can. Okay. But do you prefer me to sit? Um. If Chris says it's okay, you can do anything you want. Now, first of all, okay, when we finish with this song, okay, so as long as you can talk into the mic, you might have to push that chair away so you can get closer. So, Kelsey, tell us a little about what you're going to play. Um, well, I haven't quite decided yet. Well, it's still a b- good 12 seconds away, right? Right. Okay. Um, Are you like a last-minute person normally? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, here, let me try to sit down. It's hard to... Def- yeah, okay. To maneuver here. Yeah, it's pretty close quarters here at Custom Boy. So, well, um, I think I'll probably play the single from the record. Um, That's an awesome idea. It's, it's very different from... So there's two versions on the record, one of which... Uh-oh. Oh, did you hear that? That's going to make Did that just different. break? It did. Oh, no. Do you have a spare capo? Hold capo? on, wait. We might can fix it. Jeez, that sounded... It was no, quite a snap. <laughs> wow. That might, cha- right. that might change Scratch everything. That. <laughs> <laughs> Bar chords. <laughs> Scratch that. Okay. So um, I'll play a song. Oh, speaking of, you know, exes and relationships, since you've sort of derailed my... Um, we can fix this. It's possible, maybe. I'm not really sure what's wrong with it, but um, in the interest of saving time. Yeah, okay, sorry. So here's a song about dating crazy people, which... Graham's loving it already. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people can identify. Um... I think maybe I've broken the broken the record here, but we'll see. I went walking back to you just to find your mind had gone too. And as I rode that cab away, I heard you say, "Oh, please just stay." I'll behave, but I think I'd rather come back some other day, maybe. We can laugh, we can cry, we can sing those lullabies in the low light of the morning when we hold each other tight. Be your crazy babe, and I know my my friends gotta end it gotta end it see me and you we've been through this before it just wasn't you and me before and if there's one thing that I've learned to be true as patterns are, as patterns do, I've seen enough here, haven't you? We can laugh, we can cry, we can sing those lullabies in the low light of the morning when we hold each other tight. You're crazy, babe, I know my 
much, my friend, so gotta end it. What do you call that? It's called Crazy. Crazy. Believe it or not. Yeah, okay. But you seem to be culpable as well in that song somewhere. You're saying you're crazy as well, basically. Well, you know the whole pattern thing. People say we all have patterns. Yeah. And um, apparently I had one, at least for a while. That's sort of a codependent thing. You're looking for someone as crazy as you. I think that could be said for some people, possibly. Is that what that was about? Was that about a person? Uh, well, it's probably inspired by quite a number of people <laughs> that, I've, that I've known through the years. Why do, uh, we, why do we all tend to be attracted to crazy people? I, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Robin? Oh, Robin looks like she Robin, what's has, your, what's has your an opinion well, on that. You know, in Alaska, the wow. odds are good, but the goods are odd. <laughs> 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 what is it about crazy people? What, I mean, people must think you're crazy too, Robin, oh, right? Yeah. Do they? Absolutely. What do you think people say about you? I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you should care. No, that's why they think that's what they say about me. I don't give a shit. Oh, that's what they say about you. <laughs> Do you? Is that true? Well, I have a lot of freedom. You know, a lot of people like box themselves in, and I try not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. you live between Alaska and New Orleans. That's a pretty far mm. stretch. That's two mm. places where people don't care about anything. Probably, that's right. I would think. A lot of freedom, and I think it's a great thing. So, I aspire to that. I mean, sometimes it's a lonesome way, but. I don't find myself lonely. I just I think it's a lonesome way, and I think we're all sort of lonesome in our way, no matter how much we surround ourselves with people and things. Right. It's well, that's an interesting journey. point, that, that making your own way and making your own choices and just doing whatever you want isn't, comes with some sort of cost, I guess. It doesn't have to be loneliness, but it's hard to have a relationship with somebody else if you're an independent person who's moving. I was married for 30 years. That was a long time. I like being free. I don't really want to answer to anybody. How long ago did the 30 years come to an end? Well, I went to Alaska in 2005, and that was the brutal, the brutal beginning of the end. It was just sort of like a shock. Of did you drag Herr Hoffmeister with you, too? No, I was on tour with the ballet, uh, the Balanchine Nutcracker. I went there uh, as the prop master. And um, it just that was the end of my life as I knew it. It was just very symbolic kind of Alaska is very much like that. It's the nutcracker was the end of your life as you knew it. <laughs> That's supposed to be like a life-affirming, positive <laughs> little girl story. Well, we call what it happened? The, we call it the ball buster, actually. But <laughs> what, what happened to you uh, in Alaska on the I, nutcracker job? Well, 
it was, I think it was just kind of a, I turned 50, I, you know, I'm a, I, I just, a lot of things sort of just hit the wall where I, you know, I thought that I was the top of the mountain of my success and then realized it was not really what I wanted and, and you know. Were you working for balance for the New York City Ballet, was it? No, no, Oregon, Oregon Ballet Theater. I went on tour with them and, uh. And, and you thought that was as good as it gets. You're working for the Oregon Ballet Theater oh, no, going no. to Alaska. Oh, gosh, no, no, no. I mean, you know, I didn't even become a union member until I was very old because I'd been fired so many times that I had to join a union so I couldn't get fired anymore, and that was well, good. Why did you keep getting fired all the time? <laughs> I, are you, diff- are like, you difficult well, to work with? <laughs> yeah, well, I have an opinion, and I'm a woman, and I talk back, and, you know. So those three add up to getting fired usually? Yeah. You quite, need, quite you need to come work for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's, they're all the qualities we value here <laughs> at the INO Broadcasting, Inc. <laughs> right, Graham? Yes. Woman, opinionated. What was the third one? Drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Ask questions. Questioning authority. Oh, questioning authority. Oh, we don't have any authority. We don't Question care about authority. that. Uh, that gets you fired a lot. Well, I mean, and especially this day and age, I think we all have to really, really be vigilant um, about everything. So what happens to you? Let's get real for a second. Okay. So you're in Alaska mm-hmm. with the Nutcracker, yeah. and you just realize that your whole life's worthless. No, instead no. of killing yourself. It wasn't worthless. I mean, it, it's not like that. It was just, I think also I was, you know, I hate to say it, but I was hitting menopause and, you know, all these different things were happening. Uh, my children were all getting married and just. Oh, that's awful. No, it was, how many, it was just a How many kids have you got? Just two. Okay. Just two. So they didn't marry each other because that was no. been a whole different They're, they're very accomplished. My daughter went to Brown. My, my son went to the U of O and. They, they waited till they were almost 30, both of them, before they actually got married, and they married very well, and it was all good. Everything is, there's nothing for so me to you've complain t- so about. So you've taken care of everything. Your responsibilities mm. are over. Yeah. I, and, so and you could have a whole new life now, which is what you're doing. And that's what happened. I, I, my former husband uh, and I had an amicable divorce, and just completely no... Well, tell us about that. What, what did Herr Hoffmeister do for 30 years while he was married to you? Well, I mean, we had a really great life together it was fabulous and then you know like I said I came back from um, uh, Alaska and and I stopped drinking and stopped getting stoned and lost about 30 pounds and became a yoga teacher and you know all these different things happened and um, well there's two there's two bad ones and one good one when you, ca- mm-hmm. you become a yoga teacher is good yeah. stop drinking and stop getting high that's mm-hmm. why on earth would you do that because I, I didn't want to get a divorce and leave my husband of 30 years on a drunken stupor. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that this uh, was really what I wanted I see. to do. So okay, I so you were drinking to escape in the meantime and getting high. What, well, were you, what drugs were you taking? Just pot, just smoke pot. And, you know, and so you're doing enough of that to escape from... Well, I mean, you know, I just... Try once and I, change. Once I stopped drinking and smoking pot, it even became clear to me that it was not... <laughs> my marriage was really at the end of its rope. Jeez, well, why were you so unhappy? What happened? I wasn't unhappy. I just was like not really like fulfilling what it was. I was so busy making money, you know, and trying to be the breadwinner and, and you know, just achieve as far as I could go in the union and so on, so on and so forth. I became like a union boss and, you know, work my way up the food chain, as I said earlier. And then it just wasn't satisfying. I mean, you know, we... we, we yeah, but there's two separate changes. things. One is, one is your career and one is your relationship. One is a marriage and one is work. What was, yes, were they true. both unsatisfying at the same time? Yeah, it all kind of So it was something in you that was changing. Absolutely, it's true. It was something deep inside of me, and I think that, uh, you know, I'm still kind of reeling from it, even though it's been so many years, it's still, I'm still kind of coming to grips with the idea of just understanding a little bit about, about you know. Well, it hasn't been that many years, only since 2005, you said. Right. So what is it now, 2028 or something? <laughs> no, it's only 2014. Well, so it's only nine years. 
I know, but it seems like other people get through things a lot easier. For me, it just takes a long time. Everybody else's life looks great, doesn't it? That's why I hate Facebook. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Everyone else's life looks Such fabulous. Such a time you're suck. The, yeah. You're the only oh. person whose life sucks. Everyone else is having a great life, but it's not really like that. Everyone else is in the same boat you are. Right. If that makes you feel any better. I don't hate Facebook. A lot of people do. A lot of my friends, they go, I'm quitting Facebook. I'm like, I wish okay. I could. <laughs> God, I wish I could. It's like, okay. You, you know, can't quit Facebook if you have a public image. Like, <laughs> exactly, you've got a job. Yeah, I know. Or right. You've got a product. People tell me to tweet and Yeah, Facebook. yeah, right. Well, when I was in Alaska for five years by myself, I mean, I was glad to have it, let me tell you. <laughs> you was five years by yourself? Yeah. Up there in the dark. Holy crap. It's yeah. dark for, like, how many months is it dark for? Like, nine months. So you're living by yourself nine months in the dark, mm-hmm. by yourself, mm-hmm. without pot or alcohol. Mm-hmm. But th- yeah, then I started drinking again. I mean, you know, I mean, I go through phases. I would start drinking a lot, I think, if I was I living by... I what were you doing all day and all, all night or whatever the hell it is up there? I wrote a book, you know, I, I tried to become a shaman teacher and, you know, just all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, I'm a psychic and do all kinds of... Are you a psychic, stuff. in fact? Well, I mean, I, I do was readings it? and... Yeah, yeah, I know, but are you in fact the same? No, I, have, I feel like I have intuitive qualities, just like everyone else. And if you tune into your intuitive qualities, I think we're all very intuitive. I think we all know a lot more. We sort of perceive a lot of things. I think we're all right. very, very psychic, all of us. Just so what's it like being a shaman, a self-styled shaman in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's basically just a strip mall and a bunch of parking lots. And it's just ugly. It's not, you know, I mean, in the town itself. But when you get outside of it, it's incredibly majestic and beautiful. Do they keep the street lights on all day and all night? No, I mean, in the summer, it's light all the time. Yeah, but I mean, in the winter, when it's nine months of the year, you said it's dark. So yeah. Do they keep the lights on the whole time? Well, yeah, in the town, yeah. 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 Oh, my God, it's like a battery chickens or something. It's very odd. It's like people come to the, go to the grocery store, and they just leave all their motors running, and everybody's cars are just out there running. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to start wow. your car when you went. Exactly. You have to plug your car in at night. You have to have like an engine block warmer or something. Exactly. Yeah. Holy crap! Well, what have, what made you go there? You went there with the with the Nutcracker, and then mm-hmm. you, did they leave? The company left, and you stayed there. Yeah. Okay, that's weird, right there. I know. <laughs> so the company of ballet dancers and everybody packs up to go back to Oregon, mm-hmm. and had you been fired at that point? Oh no, it was a three-year contract. I went back every year. But you stayed, I mean, when you stayed in Anchorage. Well, I mean, I, I, I went back with them and then I came back again. You know, I kept coming back and forth. And then I just, you know, stayed there after a while. Why? It, it was, I was just drawn to it. I was drawn to the people and the place and the... But I, you I, sound I, like you hate it. No, I, I'm not a hater. I, I just... Oh, I shouldn't have used that word. No, no, it's okay. fine. Okay, sound like you dislike it. Like it seems like it's not really you. It's well, like you fighting I, against it. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I, you know, my, my, my former husband... Hoffmeister. Yes. He bought me out of our home in Portland, Oregon. And um, with the money, I burned through the money really fast. And then yeah. came and visited some friends down here and ended up buying a house for cash here. Okay, well, that's a good idea, actually. It was a good You've idea. You've probably made a lot of money on that already. I have. And, but, I mean, I wasn't like New Orleans was my first choice. It wasn't like it was your first choice. What was your first choice? Anchorage? None, n- nothing. nothing. You, I mean, I just... Well, then was, it was your first choice. I was drifting. Nothing else yeah. was. Well, my son ended up set, settling in Birmingham, and I knew I wanted to be somewhere temperate because the winters were getting to me. And, um, <laughs> and so I, it's what I could afford. Right. How much did you pay for your house? 28000 28000 that's it? Yeah. Holy crap. Where is it? 
In the ghetto. Which is? Uh, right off of St. Claude on Pauline. Oh, so you have a house, and that's where the studio is too, where the mm-hmm. gallery is. But you know what? That's probably a smart buy, I would think. They say. That whole area is going to be, like, <laughs> expensive. Now, now, what are we drinking now? We're drinking some other concoction that Hugo made us with uh, iced tea and, and alcohol. In it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so do you want to play something, Robin? I'll play, I'll Come play on. one song. One song at a time is all we can, yeah, we can do, probably. Hey, look, you have long hair and, and braids. Yeah. Cool. How do you do, you do that yourself? Yeah. Okay, what are you going to play? I'm going to play an old uh, song by a famous sea captain. Because, um, you know, I'm a fisher poet. and um, Yeah, we haven't even asked what that means. Do you want to tell us what that means? <laughs> I'm a fisherman. I, you know, in the summer times I fish. And then um, the fisher poets are a group of people that come to Astoria, Oregon, uh, which is on the coast of Oregon every year, and they have a big festival called the Fisher Poets Festival. So last year was my first year as a fisher poet. And it was really exciting and fabulous. And you know, do sea shanties and, and hang out and read poetry and, and sing songs. And so this was... Um, one of the songs written by a famous sea captain, Willie Cripps. If I can find the key without getting nervous. Don't matter, don't matter if you do. Don't matter if you don't. It's the same if you do. It's the same if you don't. Gotta be a little blind in order to see. There ain't no you and there ain't no me This is it, this is it You got a lot of hopes but they ain't worth a shit This is it, this is it And it ain't so bad, you know Why can't you see and why can't you hear The sounds and the sights that are so dear It ain't over here and it ain't over there Just stay where you are cause it's everywhere This is it, this is it You got a lot of hopes, but they ain't worth a shit This is it, this is it And it ain't so bad, you know Nice Okay That's very funny Is that really written by a a sea captain or did you make that up? Yeah, it was written by a famous sea captain And I'm not really the greatest fisherman But he does keep me on board to amuse him (laughs) That's funny, so that's someone you know wrote that song Okay, I thought it was some sort of sea shanty from uh, ancient times. Hey, can you pass me that uh, knife and fork set up over there? It's right here. That'd be great. Yeah, thanks very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how long have you been playing the guitar for your whole life? Mm-hmm. Who taught you to play? Uh, the father of my children, who isn't Hofmeister. My husband. Not Hofmeister. <laughs> no, I've had a long and checkered past. You've been married for 30 years and you had kids before that. Are yeah. You, are you like 90 or something? <laughs> Pretty much. Really? You look great. Thank you. Really? Are you like over 70 or 80 or what? Because <laughs> when did you start having kids? When you were 12? 17. 17. Well, that'll do it. So what happened to the father of the kids? He's dead now, thank goodness. Yeah, thank God for that. What an asshole. How, what did he die from? He died of a heart attack. Oh, dear. So when did you get rid of him? Quickly. Okay, so he got knocked up and had a couple of kids and then got rid of that guy. I had them both at home. He delivered both his children. Which he was, did? Yes, he did. Was Back he a in the doctor day, or no, I, I just was. I have a fear of doctors, so I I was young and crazy and wild and reckless and believed in you know home birth, and so I had both my children at home. Wow, what did your husband actually do? He was a musician. What did he play? He wasn't a drummer, I hope. Was he he, um, he, they, he and his brother they built their own instruments. He was a mandolin and guitarist, and they were wow. come from a very famous family of, of of Scottish crazy Croatian wonderful amazing people. They're both dead, actually. 
Both who? He, he and his, and his brother. brother. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Well, you've got an interesting story. And what did Hoffmeister do, actually? He was a musician as well. What did he play? He played bass. Okay. All right. Did you guys play together? Yeah, we had a band. Okay. All right. Okay. Kelsey, I wanted to ask you about those tattoos on your hand. Oh, yeah? First of all, you have, okay. a, you have a wedding ring tattooed on your finger. Well, it's technically not. It's on my middle finger. Oh, it's not your middle, yeah. it's your middle um, finger. Why do you have a ring tattooed on your finger? Okay, so <laughs> interesting story. Um, this is my reminder that this too shall pass, that, that famous saying. My, mm-hmm. my grandfather was very influential um, in my life. He passed when I was very young, but um, that, was, that was his piece of advice that he would always pass on to, to my mom and, and her sister. And um, would you like to take Ooh, a photo there? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good piece of advice. Thank you. Well, it's interesting because the, um, there is a, I believe it's Hebrew, um, tale about King Solomon who... who asked his advisors and counselors for the best piece of advice for any situation, whether it be uh, someone who is overjoyed or someone who is um, terribly sorrowful. And that was, the, that was the advice he was given, so he had it inscribed on a ring, and he wore it. And so that's why I have it as a ring, so it's my constant reminder does to it keep, actually, does it say to keep that? even keel. No, it doesn't say that. It's just it's a, just it's a just band. Yeah. It's just black ink. Just a black ink, yeah. Okay. So what, why does it black ink remind you of the words, this too shall pass? Because it's uh, in your mind somehow. Yeah, I mean, I don't need you to know what it means. I, it's just right, important right. that I know, right, <laughs> that right. I know what it means. Well, now I know too. So. But why but the it, finger? Why the middle finger? Um, I don't know. I, I liked it. I don't know. I think it adds I guess when I'm playing bar chords on the guitar, it's, it's like I'm flipping <laughs> everybody <laughs> off with my ring, I guess. But no, it's uh, no, seriously, I... I just needed that reminder, you know, because uh, life has a lot of ups and downs, and you just need to remember that everything is temporary. And even the good times. Even the good times, yeah. yeah. That's true. What does it say on your other on my On my wrist, on my right hand, it says, uh, greet the brand new day, which is another key reminder. Yeah. Uh, from the Beatles song, Dear Prudence. It's one of my favorite, favorite Beatles songs. So. You're a big Beatles fan? I grew up a big Beatles fan, for sure. What are some of the other titles you could have got? tattooed on your hand uh, I don't know this one I want to hold your hand would be good <laughs> <laughs> very clever uh, this is the only one that really stood out to me as, as something that I would I would want to be looking at every day you know what does it say greet greet the brand new day greet the brand new day what are the, what's the context in the song of that um, well I think the story behind the song you know you never really know the true story perhaps but um, I think it goes to John Lennon and, and, and Paul and perhaps all of them they were in some sort of Camp uh, retreat, Indian with the Maharish. I th- think so. You, Mi- so you know the story. Mia Farrow's sister. Okay, right. So actually, maybe she should Mia tell the Farrow's story. Mia Farrow's sister. You're Mia Farrow's sister. No. <laughs> Prudence was. Prudence was. Yes. Okay. And she would stay holed up in her room and 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 be meditating all the time when the rest of them were not. And so the song was kind of written as a message of like, hey, come on, don't be so serious all the time. Come out, come out and ah, greet the brand new day. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, am am nice. I getting that right? Okay, perfect. How do you know that, Robin? I'm a huge fan of the Beatles. <laughs> really? How'd that happen? I was just a child of the '60s, and that was it. Was it? That was that was it do for play, me. Do you play any Beatles songs? I do. I do. I play Beatles songs, but I'm not going to play another song. I'm only going to do the one song. She should do another song, or he should do a song. Yeah, we got. Oh, that's a good idea. We're going to make Kelsey <laughs> play another one. And Jude, you want to play something? Tell us about your musical past. Uh, mostly the jazz, the blues, the funk. What I call that uh, New Orleans mixture. Right. Funk. I like you how you f- call it the funk. Are you from here originally, <laughs> Jed? I've been living here a long time. Uh, Where'd you come from first? Yeah, just uh, various other spots around the country. I'm being evasive on that. 
What, what reason are you in the Federal Witness Protection Program? <laughs> He's from New no, Jersey. I, no, I find that <laughs> no, I find that to be an offensive question by many people around here. Yeah. Usually asked with intent to discriminate. So people who ask that tend to put themselves into an unfortunate category, and you, which which uh, is what a synonym for uh, kind of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. So that's true. That's very true. You think if people want to know the truth about where you come from, they're an asshole? No, usually it's asked, as I said, with intent to discriminate. People ask me every single day where I'm from. Well, that's because you have a very distinctive accent. But still, it's not an, I don't think it's a weird question. I mean, I might get pissed off answering it because, I mean, how many times can you tell people? But, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but New Zealand but is not New Jersey. No, but I mean, you must have some <laughs> reason. You must have some personal reason to feel offended by that question. Yes, because I've been discriminated against because of it. Well, what, what are you, what's the discrimination? Uh, typically, <laughs> it must be Texas. <laughs> Texas or New Jersey. <laughs> That's got to be. Uh, no, typically, like, if you, uh, in my early years here, you know, if you're looking for employment or things like that, people say, uh, so, are you from New Orleans? Or, yeah. well, where did you go to school? Meaning, what high school, of course. Right. Right. Uh, and the purpose is not because they really want to know the answer. It's just they want to be confirmed in their intent to discriminate <laughs> against you. Well, it's not discriminatory so much as that people have this shorthand in New Orleans that they can peg you if you went to Jesuit or you went to Newman. Well, you went to whatever school, that means that's what sort of person you are, apparently. Right, well, I think that's sort of a narrow-minded and parochial way of looking at things. Well, of course it is, but you're outside of that because you didn't go to any of those places. Not necessarily. It doesn't mean you're outside of it, it just means you're... Uh, but what can you do about it? You can just tell people that you went to Newman or something, no, or I, Jesuit. <laughs> you can call, you that's can, so important. You can call them on it and say, uh, maybe you're an asshole, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got it. You're the one who's got the problem, though, because everybody asks that everybody else had, and, and you know, look at Hugo. He's got dressed up in a suit and a tie. He looks fantastic. Hugo, you look marvelous. What's happened to him? You, but you, what do you happens uh, if you make a? You know, now you've made a whole issue of it. No, I'm just mentioning that. Uh, you but know. now, now, now everyone's like, oh, I wonder where he comes from. I must be Texas <laughs> or New Jersey, and there's some reason. Whereas if you just said I came from somewhere, we would have passed over that and not cared. But w- have you been discriminated against? You think you would have got a job, or you would have got a girlfriend, or you would have got something if you had gone Def- to Newman? Definitely. Which one? All of the above. Really? I, a lot of doors are opened or closed for you, depending on what the answers to those questions are. Hmm. Spoken like a true businessman. Do you find that, Kelsey? Oh, people ask me all the time. No, I didn't. I grew up in, in North Louisiana, which is probably worse from, <laughs> from wherever you come yeah. from. I don't know. Um, but... But yeah, I've lived here for since 2014. I've lived here now for a full 13 years, and and so I definitely consider myself local. Robin, Robin, what's your what's your? St- I left home like very young. Very, How old did young. you leave home? Like 13. Mm-hmm. How did you get away with that? My my parents were frightened of me. <laughs> so you like a psycho? No, I was just a very, you know, spirited young... I was a child of the 60s, I, you know... You left home at 13? Yeah. Now, that's not legal. I know that you're not allowed to leave home. You have no, to they be had an emancipated I, they, minor or They something. had to take me back in a few times when I got caught running away and the police would, you know, I'd have to go back home again. I was in juvie, I, you know, I mean, I'd been to jail a couple of times, you know, whatever. What'd they throw you in jail for? I, I went to, in Denver, Colorado, on my 18th birthday, I, I was put in jail for fighting with a police officer. Well, that's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's was like going to the wrong high school. I've never liked Denver since. How did you get into the fight with the cop? You just didn't like the look of him? Oh, I, you know, I don't even remember. It's all like a blur. I mean, it just I, he was just being aggressive, and I was like, 
adamant that it was my birthday and you know I just I didn't realize yeah who knows well that was a silly thing to do so you went to jail for yes a, a I went to jail <laughs> for assaulting a police officer yes that's, that's quite a serious crime in most yeah. places I would think how long did you have to spend in jail for that I was in jail for probably about two weeks before my mom and dad finally bailed me out okay so what did you do between 13 and 18 what were you doing I was living with a bunch of crazy, wild draft dodgers and ne'er-do-well, you know, felons in the hills of Oregon. Were you having sex at 13? No. Not till I was 15. How long 15, ago did you put that 15. on? 15. So you hung out for two years, between 13 and 15, and never fooled around with anybody? Well, yeah, but I only, I mean, even in my whole long life, I've only, I've only had sex with very few people. How many? Maybe five. Maybe. That's tops. Yeah. Wow. Good going. Some people had sex with five people in a week. Like Graham. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Way to get I have no idea whether that's true. Way to getting good with your producer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. I'm sorry. That was a joke. Have you ever had sex with five people in a lifetime and you call that wild? No, I mean, I, was, I think that you, you know, people get the impression that I was very wild, but actually I was very much on a spiritual journey, and I feel like I still am. It's just that you know, I, 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 I was not afraid. I'm not, I'm not a frightened person. You know, right. so I can I have I didn't I never dealt with the fear thing. You know, what's that got to do with not having sex? With well, I'm just saying that I think a lot of people are frightened to just be free and to be able to move through life and you know take right. take risks and to you know challenge themselves. I think a lot of people are frightened. Yeah. They want something security. They want. I'm not making the, the link still between most of us being frightened of change, which is true, to you deciding not to have sex with more than five people. Well, it's only because I'm not attracted to very many people. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I just most guys are pretty, you know. What's your type? Dark. <laughs> <laughs> what dark in what sense? The mood or skin color? Right. Or both? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I mean... I like all kinds of people. I really love lots and lots and lots of different people. I couldn't say. But I think, I think men, I think I was all about women's liberation, but I'm also about men's liberation, too. I think men have a really bad, a, a, a bad rap in our culture, and I think they need, they need some liberating, too. Jed does. I know that. Right? Free me. <laughs> <laughs> Set me free. You know what I mean, though. I mean, it's I'm kept down by these chains of oppression, <laughs> the corporate power structure, Brother holding me down. Man. Let me loose. <laughs> Here's your chance to play something, Jed. What are you going to play for us? Oh, I, I want to get. I want to have a Kelsey play another song for oh us, actually. Me too. Sure, oh, we can do that. Just, but your voice is so beautiful. Oh, that's so sweet of we you. Can, Jed, are you going to play anything at all, though, Jed, before I mean, the show comes to an end? Or af- not? After the show. After the show. <laughs> I'll, play, I'll play for the after party. Okay, well, we'll have to put that on our site somehow then. So we'll link to it. So you can go to com and hear the special Jed Hart song that he didn't want to play during the show. You can dedicate it to. Newman High School, if you like, or Jesuit. Or Jesuit. 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 I, I live just down the street from Jesuit. Okay, there you go. Which high school would you like to have gone to? <laughs> when people ask you that, I don't know, but I'll have to figure that one out though, so I can have my answer ready. Me too. Why don't we come up with something, all of us? We should come up with something now while we're here. Ben Franklin. So ben Franklin. Or, or, is that good? Or Lusher? I think Lusher. Lusher is good. Was, was, was Lusher still around when? When we would have been going oh, to high yeah. school? Well, I, no, I heard enough. a good joke. I, um, I went to Tulane when it was just one lane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that's a good joke, but it certainly is a joke. Yes. <laughs> okay, Kelsey, what are you playing? Now, see, the capo did actually break the spring. Yeah, I know. Actually. I've never seen that happen before. This is... Um, it was the first. Yeah. I'm glad it happened here and not on stage. So. Yeah, good point. Because yeah. what the hell? It doesn't matter about us, right? Um, Screw us. Well, at least here I'm only playing one or two songs versus oh, that's true. you know the 
Oh, hell. Someone, don't oh, you hell got, oh, hell, the whiskey. <laughs> that is a song. Hey, be, you know what? This is a good lesson to carry a spare capo around with you in your guitar What's case. What's that? You should carry a spare one around in your guitar You're case. right. I should also get a broken one tattooed on my hand, so I remember that. An awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> I should not rely on such things. Um, I was thinking of playing a song... Um, well, I was going to play the, 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 um, the single Favor, which I wrote for my mom, because you know, Mother's Day is this weekend, and I thought, mm. how, how nice for the mothers. But instead, since my capo broke, um, I'll play one that I wrote for my dad, since Father's Day uh. is on its way as well. <laughs> Convenient. It's always Father's Day somewhere. Surely. Surely it is. <laughs> so um, this is a song called King of Tennessee, which uh, it's about my father, who wishes he were Elvis Presley. I want to be the king of Tennessee I want to shake it from black and white to color TV I want to rock Roll in fancy cars I wanna spend my days With Hollywood stars Oh, I wanna sing I wanna sing like the king I wanna go From rags to riches too I wanna show off my Fancy blue suede shoes I wanna feel that warm spotlight I wanna swag my hips All through the night Oh, I wanna feel I wanna feel Like the king I wanna I wanna I wanna be Said I wanna Only time will tell, only time will tell, only time tells whether a king goes to heaven or hell. I know I've been a pretty good man. <laughs> I can say I've done the best a man can. Oh, I want to see, I want to touch my maker's hand.
just like just like the king yeah that's great thank you thank you that's a really cool song I so that. so you happen to be a great guitar player oh you think so Yes, <laughs> I do you. think so. I thought it was great playing. You remind me of uh, how Andrew Duhon plays, actually. Oh, yeah. That sort of same sort of cool style. Yeah, we've played uh, a few shows together. And you happen to be a great s- songwriter. I mean, it's a lyricist. Gr- great lyrics. A great lyricist. <laughs> Thank you. And you have a beautiful voice. Well, that's a do trifecta. Do, do, were you just born with all that? or which no, one? Which hell one are no. You, what are you working on? Uh, right now, well, I'm working on all of them. I don't think you ever stop working on all of those but things. But are um, they just all talents that you were... I mean, uh, are all those equal? You're working all at the same time, or you're a great writer who has to well, practice guitar no, you like have crazy. Well, no, you have to be disciplined, uh, and I'm not very so. That's something actually I, that I struggle pretty hard with. But um, no, I, I have to sit and force myself to spend. The the hard thing, I guess, I should go back a little bit. The hard thing about being an independent musician is, um, or one who doesn't have, you know, an agency behind them or a record label, is you're your own business person. So, yeah. so I spend a great deal of time in front of a computer emailing constantly and so who are you emailing and what are you emailing? well everyone i mean i i'm a rage i'm doing all my pr i'm doing all my management like managing the band i'm doing all the booking i'm you know everything that has to happen for me to go and play shows or to me to go in the studio requires um a great deal of coordination right. so <laughs> could you is there so enough money in this to hire someone to do it um, well, most people would like if, if I had had a manager or booking agent, they would they would take a percentage. And um, I think the thing is, you have to be making enough money for that to matter to someone, you know. Um, but sure, yeah, I would I would love if anyone out there listening <laughs> is looking for an artist to uh, to manage. I'm I'm definitely I would be interested in that because I now have to force myself to schedule a time of day to sit and play and write right. and because I almost feel like I don't have time for that anymore. And that's, that's the art. That's what I want to be doing. So, um, yeah, it definitely it takes a lot of discipline. And um, singing is something, you know, I just you gradually, I think, get better at maybe until a certain point. I'm not sure what, at what age that stops happening. But um, my voice has definitely, you know, matured over the years, my guitar playing as well. Um, so it's just, a, it's just an experience, I guess. And then the writing was supplemented by my MFA in poetry at, at UNO. So. Right. And it <laughs> says on your bio that you're a published essayist. What is that? Well, I, what I've that had, mean? it just means I've had some poems and some essays that have been published. What, what is an essay exactly? What is an essay? Yeah, other than something uh, you have to do it. A piece of nonfiction is the simple answer. Which is? Just it? a piece of nonfiction, you know? Just a piece of nonfiction. Right, right. Which is something that's true, in other words. Correct. It's an essay, like what? What I did on my vacation? Um, well, you could call that, a fancy word for that would be a memoir. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, what, what, which ones have you had published? What are they about? Um, let's see. The probably the one I am most proud of is one that was published in um, a magazine called Hobart, which puts out a baseball issue every year. And uh, I happen to be a giant Cubs fan, so I wrote a piece about um, visiting Wrigley Field for the first time. And uh, mm. it's it's you can find it online if you <laughs> Google Kelsey Wilbur. Okay. But uh, Kelsey Wilbur is your real Wilburn, name. Wilburn. W i l b u r n. Yep. Okay, you don't call yourself that. Though. No, I don't. It doesn't really have. My, I mean, Kelsey Wilburn. Does that have a ring to it? I mean, yeah. does that sound very marketable? It does. Sounds, sounds okay. More, sounds more well, my father though. agrees with you because he's very mad that I've dropped it. <laughs> is May your middle name? M A E. Um, not legally, not on paper. Uh, not my leg- family calls me Kelsey May. My grandfather, who I mentioned earlier, he yeah. he called my mother. My mother's name is Denise, 
and he called her Nisi May growing up, and then he called me Kelsey May, and okay. so it kind of stuck. Now the okay, family so calls me that. so it's kind of a nickname. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of your name. Yeah. But Kelsey Wilburn, yeah, I think it sounds like a pretty cool name, actually. Oh, okay, well. Doesn't it sound like a, it sounds like a country singer? You can call me Kelsey May Wilburn. Country singer. Country singer. You thought that too, Jed? Yeah, okay. instantly. Country singer from what high, what high school? Tennessee. <laughs> from what high school? <laughs> Grandma's from Tennessee. <laughs> Right well, so though, okay, so my name used to be apparently in the family tree. It says Wellborn, and they're from ah. Tennessee. But okay. um, somewhere between Tennessee, uh, and it was an English name, and somewhere between Tennessee and Louisiana, Wellborn became Wheelburn. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So that's what I have. Hey, listen, you guys, I just looked at the clock. We've come to the end of happy hour. It's all over. Awesome. We've got to move on. This has been on. fun. It's been, yeah, a gr- it's been a great hour. Very, very interesting. All of you. Hey, listen, Jed, so these... These award-winning uh, alcohols mm-hmm. can be found whereabouts in New Orleans? Uh, about 50 locations around town. Uh, just visit atelierv.com. A-T-E-L-I-E-R. V-I-E. And we have a link to it on our website. It's neworleans.com. If you listen to this on, you know, on your phone or somewhere or other, driving around or you're at the gym or whatever, go to our website when you have a chance and we have a link to it there so you can get to it. But and so then click on where to buy. Where to buy the booze. Okay. Where to buy. Okay, and it's really available around New Orleans. Oh, yes. And across the country. In several states, yeah. Must also in Arkansas and Illinois, and some in Washington, D.C. Okay. Within one mile of the White House, you can buy our red absinthe. <laughs> hey, nice job. <laughs> How did you swing that? Did you have to go there and sell it yourself? Uh, I, paid a, I paid an independent promoter, and oh, the independent know. promoter uh, <laughs> gave some cocaine to Barack exactly. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't tell us where you came from, but you don't mind impugning the President of the United States. <laughs> he's admitted that he's a uh, coke sniffer or a former coke okay, sniffer. Okay, all right. Well, well we're going to leave it at that, I think. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us, Jed. As well, Kelsey May, whose real name is Kelsey Wilburn. Yeah. But can we spell that? W-I- K-E-L-C-Y. A K-E-L-C-Y. M-A-E. That's how you... Yeah, yeah. That's a, lot a real of people spelling, look up right? the wrong thing, so... Yeah. Ah, so if you're looking for this, it's K-E-L-C-Y. M-A-E, correct. M-A-E, okay. Thank you very much, and oh, you're playing all around town me. and across the country as well. Indeed, indeed. So wherever you listen to this in America, take a listen. Are you traveling overseas at all? Not yet. Maybe. I don't know. It's going to happen. <coughs> what about Alaska? I'll be... Uh, you can go to my blog, my poetry and photography blog at rosemondpost.com, and um, I will have a gallery show of my paintings um, at the Fisher Poets Festival in Astoria, Oregon in February of 2015. And we have a link to that on our website. It's neworleans.com as well. Thank you so much for joining us. That's been Happy Hour for this week. My guests have been Robin Rosemond, Jed Huss, and Kelsey May, the producer of our show, is Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director, and Joshua Brown is our music coordinator. The theme song that you're currently listening to was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by Chris Kehoe and otherwise by PreSonus Audio Electronics. For more information about their wide range of sound recording equipment and software, check them out at PreSonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's NewOrleans.com, where you can also check out other happy hour shows as well as our other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic, true to the game with the fabulous Chris Tru and Tammy Nelson, Vietnam. Our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with the Vietnamese Terry Gross, Kim Vu, Midnight Menu Plus One. With Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Kennard, you can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we're It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show and see what we all look like on itsneworleans.com and Facebook. These photos are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel. 
If you're listening to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Swell, our favorite podcast app, or some other podcast app that you like better, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. That does help other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at the fabulous Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City. Casa Borrega is a bar, it's a restaurant, and it's a live music venue as well. Check them out on Twitter and on Facebook. Or just come on down here to Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. Happy Hour is a production of iNo Broadcasting for itsneworlders.com. For Andrew Duhon, who hopefully will be back here next week. Everyone else sitting around here at Casa Borrega and back at the iNo office, I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour. <laughs>